cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. And a huge welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk and joining me uh, to discuss the week's topics, the review of Sandown this weekend and all of the factors like idiot clerks, training shoes, everything, we've got it. John Lang, good evening. Good evening. And Lord Malva, Chris, good evening, sir. Good evening. Yes, we're going to chew these topics because we've got a good show lined up for you. We're going to go straight to Sandown, chaps, for the for, for the weekend, and this this brings a whole host of fuck ups. I mean, <coughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, we, we we can even start it on the Friday if you like the review. Just let's let's extend the review. And what I found amusing was at Clark Watch already. You know, we're in a scenario where. You know, we haven't even reached May and, and we're getting absolutely farcical going reports right, left and centre. And uh, good old Andrew Cooper, he's not daft. After after sticking sackfuls on Epsom the other day to water for good, he now comes back to his own sand down, his own base, decides to uh, uh, water the shit out of that, John. Because where I'm coming from here is the going description was good, good to firm in places, right? Right, that was the going description. Quick, gra- so you think that's nice, quick ground. He's done it. He's done a good job there as the clock. No, after race two, there's been there's been no rain. There's been nothing. No one's been pissing on the track. Pissed. You know, it's 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 literally, it's changed to good. Right, and the times really do not even suggest good in a way because the sprint track. Ignore that. That was left at good to firm. They probably couldn't be asked to water that one for one race. It's probably too costly in terms of water. Um but then if you look at the rest of the times on the Friday, Wanee's five point three five seconds slower than standing in the Escher Cup. Moshtadaf in the group three five point five nine seconds slow. Lights on in the group two bet three six five mile four point seven three seconds slow. The Bet365 Classic Trial, a Group 3 affair, 6.53 seconds slow. And they've gone quite hard in that because even the Simcock arse has managed to get into it, hasn't it? Absolutely. So then, quick. And, you know, there was nine lengths back to the fourth in that. So, like you like you rightly point out, they've got a decent gallop. Now, this farce has to stop. I mean... I'm a mi- again. The, 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 the media do not say a word. It, it, it's perfectly acceptable to do this apparently now, and we're living in a time where I can guarantee you now that the time experts maybe even describing this ground. Well, they will do as good to soft. How can it not be good to soft if you're running, you know, five seconds slow for group races? It's, it's a scandal. I don't know why. Well, I have no idea why they're doing it, John. Can can you help me on this? I think there's a lot of trainers at the minute that as soon as they see firm in the going description, they're having a shit hemorrhage, aren't they? And taking arses out. Yeah. I mean, Richard Yeo's case in point on Saturday, takes toe out, leaves the well-punted winner in. (laughs) (laughs) And and there was nothing wrong with that ground. I mean, Bardman won on it. Bardman likes to make a print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically, all all Yeo's is doing is reacting to... What is probably a spurious forecast from Tell Wrong anyway. 
I mean, I mean, Adox are really difficult track to race <coughs> because they race on on different courses, different strips of ground. He'll it, it, say we're we're on this course now for the, for this meeting, and then this course for this. And I haven't got to be honest. If you look at Surf Tracks Archive, I haven't got a clue. There'll be there'll be there'll be seven describing soft ground, and there'll be six point four describing good ground. And I've absolutely it's complete bingo. Um, so I get I get some people's concerns we tell wrong, but like you said, John, if you look at the times and everything, Saturday. There's not really a lot wrong with that going if you're running within two seconds of standard. Um, I'd much rather that than 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 Sandown say at sort of six and seven seconds slower than standard for good horses. Well, I mean, um, you said his issue was the fact that Telrong had said uh, good to soft on Friday. Well, if if you was his basing his decisions on what Telrong says the day before a meeting. He wants his ass kicking anyway. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and I do, I do feel for Clark's in one in one way. <coughs> not not for not for not for the getting up and walking the dog once 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 in the morning and having a, a lovely three course meal uh, with the sponsors etc. Um, that's not the bit. The bit I feel sorry for them because you get you get idiot trainers for me that like I say making outbursts about this this ground's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Right. It's and and it's not. It's just the fact that it probably doesn't suit their horses that they've trained and primed to run at that meeting. And I, I think that in a way can't win because you think right, I'm I'm watering for sort of good good to firm, and then everyone blasts the Clark and say, well, this is wrong. This is wrong. It's firm. It's firm, and it's not firm. Um, they're idiots. Um, so it's trainers. Tra- trainers are a lot to blame for putting pressure on these clocks, and I think that's what's happened, John, over time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, Telrong did say, uh, also say, which interested me quite enormously. He said, uh, "In water for a slower side of good, you're in the way." Yeah. Now again, this flies in the face of the directive of all being given. And once again, nobody steps up and says anything. No. Well, the the, the Epsom thing on the on the Tuesday made me laugh because. Because he literally was watering for good. He wasn't watering for good to firm. He no. wasn't watering to leave it or just the quick side of good. He was leaving it on on the on the slow side of good all the time. And and I'm thinking is this is setting another precedent for the remainder of the season. They, they treat Epsom now like it's a fucking bear trap. Yeah. You know, I mean, if they have to, if they're having to water to cushion that surface to that extent. On animal welfare grounds, they should shut the place. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I've always thought. I mean, look, I'm no, I'm no expert yet uh, in terms of clerking, and and you know, there's, there'll be there'll be a lot better people qualified than me to speak on how to maintain. But one thing I do know is that if you've got a good cover in a grass, that everything else is sort of a bit, you know, like that. That's 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 the issue. If if you if you thread bare. Then obviously, then then that is a problem. I've I've seen tracks in the in the USA that are threadbare and they look absolutely horrible. And I'm thinking, Jesus, I'd never run one of my horses on on that kind of kind of ground. It's 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 ludicrous. It's horrible. But but surely, if you've got a good covering of grass and you've 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 seeded your track well and you've you've left a a good a good kind of length on that grass, that's that's surely the way forward, is it not? Rather than just watering the shit out of them. Of course it is, but you can't get in their heads now. I mean, so far down the rabbit hole, it's unbelievable. Mm. I mean, every 
pundit virtually, you know. They put on this pinched expression if they're talking about the ground firming up, you know. And I mean, as we've said repeatedly, time and time again, there is not a single stat available to say watered ground is safer than unwatered because nobody has compiled any, but they won't listen. Yeah, no, completely agree. So Sandown then uh, on the Friday, anything to take your eye, John, on the flat? I thought the filly was good in the uh, the maiden. I, I wouldn't be surprised to say that run really well in an Oaks trail. Yeah. Is that, uh, so are we on about Emily Up, John? Yeah. I thought she was quite impressive. Um, I think Cash will probably turn out to be the best horse in the classic trail. <laughs> you know, this, uh, this, this one will be running at Chelmsford off 95 next year. Still doing the same thing, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Earl Mack, the owner, will then think, uh, maybe we ought to move this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cash was extreme, and and I actually sort of like did did a little uh, blog for my people on on the Friday, and I said cash has blown me away on debut. I, I really love the horse, but yeah. there were there were two issues. Obviously, you know what they're going to do round Sandown. You know they're going to drop it out. You know they they it went to exact script, didn't it? Yeah, totally. You know, even even the heartache at the end. You know, it was just. <laughs> You know, it, it was like what, the work of Shakespeare, wasn't it? You know, I mean, it was yeah, so tragic, yeah. really. I mean, it's just you, you know what's coming. You, you know, I mean, he went, he went in my tracker last year. I thought, what a lovely horse. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that, you know. And then somebody declared it for a sundown. I thought, yeah, yeah, useless bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and you got Sim Cotton Spencer in a double act. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and you still feel the pain of everyone. I, I did because you know I wanted the horse to prove itself, which I think it did to a certain extent. But you know, I mean, they've got to win, haven't they? Sometime, and you, you can't just sit out the back and up for a massive pace collapse every every time wherever you go. Well, it made me laugh when Jeremy Gask used to train here, and um, he'd come from Australia. You know, decent trainer uh, for, in Australia, came over here. And then he starts having runners round folks and, and holding them up. <laughs> and 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 he couldn't understand why we're two percent. <laughs> he says he's having got a virus. Yeah. And then he this is a true story. He's he's gone back to Australia and he's actually training plenty plenty of winners again. It's like because obviously it's different. They, they, they have different running start running. It's a bit like France, you know, they they have quick, quick slows and they don't do what we do, where it's like Blast out at gates, just sit on front, slow it down, let Beverly, and then kick off at front, and then everything held up can't win. So yeah, Jer- Jer- Jeremy Gas could could couldn't live with it here, and poor old Simcock. I mean, I mean, I just does he does he know does he know that he's been really killed online? He must do. It's it's, it's embarrassing the amount of horses he he just simply trains and doesn't get the best out of them. I mean, does he not watch the kill who, who, who just makes a mess of everything but but wins 20% of races because everyone leaves him alone on the front end? It's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, I've, 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 I've given it, up with it, him. It, it must be getting back to Simcock. I mean, you, you can't, like, meander through life and the Bastion's Inquiry podcast never touches. <laughs> you know, 
Um, it should it should do by now. It should be, this should be like his Sunday listening. You know, this should be confession for Simcock for his errors. Um, and, and 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 yeah, I wish, I wish he'd come on on Sunday. <laughs> he he give he give us some right shit, wouldn't he? He really would. Um, one ease, John, in the Escher Cup. Davis likes this one. I can tell on Twitter. I thought, Davis is on the show on Friday, by the way, for the Guineas show. So so something to look forward to for you, Davis fans. I think you'll see some a lot of Davis this summer on the on. He's a good judge, is Nick, and he likes one ease for the Britannia job. Yes, I'm not surprised. It, it, it looks a it looks a typical type sort of Britannia, doesn't it? Um, yeah. You know, you, you could say that in pro in a bit by middle of June and uh, rain bang there. But of course, it'll it'll depend on Jim negotiating the traffic in the big sale, won't it? And, yeah. And you you don't like the yard, dear Charlie? Well, I won't be backing him. <laughs> no. But one ease, uh, uh, Nick seems to think that might get sort of, I don't know, six or seven pounds for that. Well, every, not... every couple of years, there's a Charlie Hill's house that books the trend, and then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lose and actually train. Yeah. So, you know, okay, we'll move on to we'll move on to the action on on Saturday. Um, obviously, there there wasn't much flat action really to bounce up and down about. Um, there was more worrying about. Uh, tell wrong and he's going reports and than anything else I think but the the Sandown finale the jumps meeting finale Ronnie Omelette's been on he, he's got a, got a point as Ronnie and he and he, and he says about um, why does the jump season take so long to start again I mean a whole week he says <laughs> we get we get a week off from jump racing and then it's back <laughs> I know I mean really I mean we we all recharge our batteries today, aren't we? We could have done with a fixture at Plumpton tomorrow, really, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three runners, six runners, three runners, two runners, yeah. five runners, and then ourselves all pumped up, ready to rock, and there's nothing on tomorrow. You know? Yeah, and then a not 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 to not to one oh five handicap hurdle be seventeen runners with bent plots in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the jumps for you. But anyway, discussing Sandown's uh, uh, results, obviously, you know, I was polishing uh, my chest and puffing my chest out yesterday. Let the dog in. That, that wouldn't have been how you were polishing yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not often you get a treble. Um, and uh, so that was nice to see. Obviously, Napa's Hills. Uh, uh, Graham Teen for the blogger race. And I felt, I did feel bloggerish when I tipped that. Um, because you think, well, you know, every, every, everyone knows that, don't they? The green team should be favourite overnight. I'm amazed it wasn't favourite overnight, to be honest. But there we go. And we'll go to the the bet three six five gold cup, John. Um, because Hewitt, the winner, which I tipped, yeah. um, <laughs> really, it, it cost eight eight hundred and fifty euros, chaps. Eight hundred and fifty euros. Rags to riches. He's yeah. some shark, that fella, isn't he? Yeah. Do you think there was a bit of nuts and hay involved? Well, it's hard to say, isn't it? You know, I mean, you don't like to say that when a colleague's tipped it. You know, you like to say <laughs> it's purely on merit and a well-deserved win all round, you know? Ooh. Well, I mean, I mean to, to be honest, watching the race, I, I, I genuinely thought, that's what I actually thought coming to the last way. It's sort of like bounded clear. I thought it, it weren't exactly like a, a plater's mark, were it? 149. Um, it's bounding clear. But yeah. It, it's not that long ago I thought this fella couldn't train for toffee. Uh, well, <laughs> well, 
you know, they only they only need they only need a little little bit little bit of help from the carrots now and again, and that's yeah. uh, that certainly for me uh, it, it was uh, rather eye catching. Uh, so surely now, Hewitt, uh, you, you'd be thinking maybe Grand National, maybe yeah, that kind of thing. I don't know. Never get his ground round there now, will he? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> safety measures. Um, I, I didn't think it was quite interesting how few completed yesterday. Yeah, I, I think I think it's like everything. Bit of bit of bit of a long season for some. I, I obviously Emerald were disappointed. Uh, that that just never. It, it sort of it got there to about halfway and then packed in. But yeah, six finishes uh, in a Whitbread. Uh, not really a great look, really. I, when my when my wings came down and that would have beat that would have finished. Obviously, uh, I mean she had a, an amazing season, uh, winning the um, Scottish the, National. At least and... she's turned out better than Snow Leopard. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. That's what you said on, on Friday's show. <laughs> win my wings to make sure Snow Leopardess doesn't get ITV awards. Um, that, that, <laughs> that was the most important aspect of the way Andre was. Golf club's been on, and he was absolutely moaning like hell. Um, despite he, he's confessed that he's 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 back my three. He celebrated with a Chinese. What was it? Uh, crispy chili beef, I think it was, John. Um, it was Kerry head as well. It was disgusting. Yeah, yeah, and. So he's filled his face, but he's still moaning. I mean, can you believe the man? You know, like normally on a week, he's back forty-six losers on the bounce, and and you know, yeah. we eighteen seconds in a row. Well, that, and, I say, I seen that picture he put up last night on Twitter of his place, and I thought he was trying to tell us he was bulimic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a load-up job, wasn't it? Before you yeah. Fingers down. Had to yeah. flipping to make the weight. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, so, so he's he's been on, and he, so after all his winnings, he's been moaning that indefatigable got a terrible ride from Zach Dingle in, in the uh, select hurdle uh, when it was second to McFabulous. The only thing I would say in golf club's defence was that he probably should have been a bit close to McFabulous at the last, given McFabulous's tendencies. But apart from that. I don't think it was finding a great deal. I, I I think she's a mare that's got a lot of issues herself, you know. And I, yeah, I cribbed the ride a bit, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too, too annoyed. But yeah, so it is pocket speak. So terrible from Golf Club yet again. Okay, some issues then regarding this weekend's racing chaps. And um, Chris, I'm going to bring you in here for some issues. We like issues with racing because. Yeah. Ra- <laughs> Racing, they're idiots. Absolutely. They're all idiots. We we know this. We we get to sort of like white trainer gate, which which is just remarkable, really. Ellen Sheridan's been on. She said, you know, basically, is is this the kind of you know thing we should we should expect now? The governance of the sport is enmeshed with the class system. She said, keeping out the common people is an ancient tradition. What do you think, Chris? Oh, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I, as I've said before, I, I don't think race courses really know what they want. You know, they want lots of people through the gate, spending lots of money on booze and overpriced food. But part of them, you know, has a difficulty with the notion that the common 
you know, you have to rely on ordinary people to pack race courses out. So all this kind of dress code, it's packs of race courses not actually knowing who their customers are or what sort of customers they want. You know, it's like saying, you know, we want everyone to spend loads of money and, and get pissed. But we want you all to wear, but you know, full, full evening dress. You can't have it both ways. If people, if you want to attract the public, you've got to have a reasonable dress code. We're not asking people to, you know, go shirt. But ultimately, you know, trainers are sort of part and parcel of daily wear nowadays. I mean, if you look at, you know, high end restaurants, etc., very, very few have strict dress codes other than, you know, gentlemen must attempt to wear shirts with collars. So you could go and have, you know, a two hundred quid a head meal in a London restaurant, maybe 20 years ago, they'd expect you to put collar and tie on. Now, nobody wears a collar and tie. They really don't. So I think race courses have got to decide, you know, what they want. You know, do they want to make it a very posh day out, very exclusive, or do they want lots of people through the gate? Do you, do you think that's a good or a bad thing, though? Because, like, I, 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 look, I look at Jeff Banks' Twitter a lot. It's quite entertaining. Um, some of the stuff he comes up with some good points. Sometimes he's totally full of shit. But... Yeah. But the, the, there was one point he, he attacked this poor young lad uh, on, on, I think, his father's bookmaking joint. He got no socks on, and he, you know, it's and and he slagged him for his attire, saying, saying that's no way to attract cu- uh, customers to your joint. You should be smartly dressed. What do you think about that? I don't think people care nowadays. I think the world's moved on. I mean, since sort of the lockdown and all that, you know, business you know, outside of racing, business meetings, you used to go to meetings and, you know, people used to wear collar and ties and suits. But post sort of lockdown, you know, you go and meet people and, and nobody's dressed up anymore. You know, I, mm. I can't remember the last time, you know, in a meeting with someone with a tie on. So, you know, I think I think the world's moved on. I mean, I, I personally, you know, kind of agree that you should make an effort, but people don't anymore, you know. And, and I think, you know, race schools have got to move on from that. People don't care. John, um, when I go and visit my granddad, he's always got a shirt and trousers on. Um, is that Good. like and trousers are essential? <laughs> you know what I mean, though, like proper proper yeah. farrer. He's yeah. got he's got his farrer on, and he's and yeah. he's Marks and Spencers, you know, like hundred percent cotton, um, you know, like and and I just admire that because I, th- I think it's kind of like that's the that's the old that's the old school. In it, you know, years ago, where I mean, when, when I first started going racing, you know, I mean, the folks, it was always best clothes for going to races, you know, and that you, you didn't bother about church, it was yourself went on to races, you know, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and things like that, you know. I mean, uh, it, it, it just makes me laugh this train of gate. I mean, uh, if they had one of them band nights on and fucking Snoop Daddy or whatever the hell they call him turned up in white trainers, the same people that make these decisions would have been prostrating themselves on their knees as he walked in, ready to fucking smoke it. (laughs) Whether he had white trainers on or not. (laughs) The the thing is, as well, you can buy trainers these days that, I mean, listen, I mean, if there's now websites... Yeah, there's that you can go on like StockX and there's, there's websites for the younger ones these days, and it's a it is a fashion statement. You know, you, literally you could you could buy a really smart pair of white trainers for 
several hundred pounds as well. We're not talking yeah. 50 pounds for the, for the proper designer the ones. The statement you're making is, I'm going to see if I can get in at Sandown in there. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, but then, you know, we, we come to Royal Ascot and obviously they've got the Royal Enclosure, you've got to have a top hat. Yeah, you've got to have a yeah. top hat, but I bet the old spitting bastard turns up in his trainers. Yeah, to be honest, to be, to be, be black trainers, but he'll have trainers on. To be fair, John, you yeah. have a point. I, I've seen Mickey's debate in the uh, parade ring in the middle at the Ebo meeting in trainers. Yes. Lowens. Bring up that. Yeah. And and there'll be nine nine pound ninety nine sports direct ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. Right after That's three days racing, they won't be complaining about his feet aching. No, no. Uh, just just back to some racing questions, because um, like obviously there was a start on Saturday in the celebration chase, and Ellen Sheridan says, "Is the celebration chase at Santa a trade description offence?" Surely bugger all to celebrate with this renewal yeah. and the grade one in name only spot on Helen. It was absolutely yeah. rubbish. Um, poor old, uh, the entire field being wiped out by Mr. Fisher at the start with his antics and giving St. Calvados a 15 length start. Hardly. I mean, Betfair told it all. It was 2.2. I think St. Calvados on the off and before they jumped the fence, St. Calvados was 1.7. So, there we go. It, it was a farce. Um, though, I've had to stick up for the starter on this um, on Twitter because I do feel, obviously, people blame the starter. It should have been recalled. this. Uh, but, but then, no, I, I disagree with that because once the tape goes back and the starter says, yay, right, that's it. The flagman is only there to wave them if, if, if basically the starter's telling him it's, it's a false start. It wasn't a false start. Mr. Fisher committed the offence after the tape was going back. And this brings me on to my next point, Adam Norman. Why are we using knicker elastic to start races? Yeah. He's spot on. The, the yeah. whizzing, I, I've been at the starts of these, and the whizzing noise it actually makes, it's like a, you know, and all of a sudden you see horses spook at this every, you know, I'm not saying all the time, but. But there'll be there'll be one per day that just that, that gets close to the tape and actually goes woo. And it sounds like a long term, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, why, chaps? Why do we need the sort of starting uh, rubber? Why, why do we need? Why why don't we just have a, have a cone, a cone on the floor? Go past this cone. I'm not letting you go. If the starter doesn't let you go, then then the recall man's waving his jumping up and down and waving his flag anyway because the starter's saying no, 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 no. Right. So, what do we need? What do we even need that for? You, you, just, don't, you... don't need this. The, the starting point barriers or whatever they are that they indicate where they're starting from. The starter has a rostrum and a flag. They can make their way towards that starting point. Start from wave his flag to wave them off, and off the door. You yeah, don't, yeah. you don't need the knicker elastic. It's not as if they need to line up. If they need it to line up, why aren't we using stalls? Yeah. So bollocks to it. It, it needs doing away with. Well, you have to laugh. I mean, Chris, I bet you laugh like me. When you see these big meetings, and and you see Cheltenham Festival, Punch Punch's Town this week, of course. And you see yeah. sort of like they're trying to line up 25, 25 absolute train-to-the-minute thoroughbreds that are probably bouncing on magic carrots, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And he's trying to get them in a perfect line. 
it's 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 embarrassing. It's impossible to do. We all know that. Yeah, and 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 we saw it at the festival where they've walked in too slightly too quickly. Well, no, 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 no. You can have a standing start, and then there's a bit of carnage. And I I really don't understand what they're trying to do because it, we all know jockeys try and pinch starts. We all know we all know that goes off. That's why they've brought this these rules in, but. I think starters now are just have lost the plot. It's like you cannot get everything in a line. And I think as long as everyone's happy, if you just say to all jockeys, a bit like they do on the flat sometimes, you know, they'll say jockeys, yeah, happy, right, we'll let them go. That's it. You know, jockeys, are you all happy? Yes. You know, unless somebody's trying to push a ten length lead, then I'd say no, no, you back, say so you get back. But apart from that. I don't really see why we are meddling too much uh, with with rules at the starts, and it's, it's, it's all farcical. Okay, we're gonna one more oh, one more question before we move on. It's from Uncle Ernie, and I, I, I presume he's he's on about ITV racing here because I don't watch it. So I'm gonna ask you two if you were watching it. And he says, of all the trite lines churned out every day by the talking heads on the telly, the reference to, to trainers who are shrewd operators and know the time of day must be the most <laughs> pointless. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. was there any references like, was there any smoke blowing John on ITV on Saturday? Well, as, as you know, I, I keep the telly on in the, the other room just for a bit of background and stop the dog turning on me. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I did notice that Alice Funk is persisted by prefixing everybody's name with the great, because yeah, it mentions the name. Um, it, it was quite, it was quite. Uh, pers- she, she she did well before the Whitbread because she described Shark Hamlin as the great Shark Hamlin, which sort of took my breath away a bit, really. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and as for this malarkey about. Oh, no, the time of day is shrewd. I think every time somebody in the media says this is a particularly shrewd outfit or doesn't get the opportunities they deserve, they should be forced to name someone who gets more opportunities than they deserve on account of being shite. (laughs) Yes, yes. To to balance the argument. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone's right. Remember that in racing. Certainly on ITV, everyone's brilliant. That's I mean, just just going back to the shark. I, I remember being at Tattersall Sales at Newmarket once, and the shark. Um, he, he was he was he was schmoozing the uh, the breakfast staff, and he was asking for extra sausage and bacon. The greedy bastard, and he got them as well. He had an absolute mountain of mountain of plate. Very yeah, right. he got his value. He got his value for seven pound yeah. ninety five. Did the shark that day? Um, he was enjoying it. Um, anyway, uh, did oh. Do, do, would you say you two are regular ITV watchers when it's on? Not especially, as I say. I only have it on for a bit of background, really. Yeah, yeah Cause, I, cause... I, I do. I, I tend to watch ITV just so I can get really angry about stuff. It's like when you go on the Daily Mail website. If you want to get fired up, go on that. ITV's the same, I think. Chris, what's the coverage like with um, with betting on ITV these days? Well, it, it's... You know, I wouldn't say that they exclude betting. Uh, that that wouldn't be fair. But but betting, I always think, is portrayed certainly by uh, Matt Chapman and 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 during the festival by um, what I forget his first name, Gleason. Gleason. It, it's almost that it's kind of a really bad John McCurrick impression. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't come across 
as particularly authentic. Uh, and it's just really cringy. I had somebody around the other day that doesn't follow betting, and they were watching it when Wim Gleeson and, and, and uh, Matcham, and they looked at it, who are these idiots? You know, it, it's kind of, it's, it's really cringeworthy. You know, you either do it seriously, and frankly, they'd be better off putting someone in the Betfair office if they're really interested in telling people about where the market moves are. I mean, I think although the ring's getting stronger, you know, the money's on the machine. So why not I have somebody sitting in Betfair's offices saying, oh, this one's drifting like a barge. Wonder why that is. But so, yeah. so I think it's a t- it's token coverage of betting and it's done in a very sort of jokey way. Um, you know, it's the whole it goes to the whole narrative of gamblers being idiotic, really, isn't it? So they've got a couple of idiots, uh, you know, uh, covering the betting when actually it should be a very serious subject. So, but, you know, it's not great. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of idiots, Matt Chapman made cl- <laughs> made, made claims today that uh, Brian Hughes should be riding in all the top races. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I, I, I've done the stats on Brian Hughes. Surely, though, John and Chris, that comes down to where his main trainer that he rides for, which is Donald McCain. Yeah. If Donald McCain's not having runners at yeah. the festival, or he's not having runners on on this big sand down chase day. What what do you expect Brian Hughes to do? I, how can you get outside rides? What, how many rides say Harry Skelton get? You know, Harry Skelton rides for the Skeltons. Harry, yeah. you, know, you know, Harry Cobden rides for Paul Nichols. How are you going to get on a Paul Nichols horse when Harry Cobden's rode a horse all year? Well, I know Chapman didn't respond to my tweet when I said, oh, who should he be riding for then? Who would you jock yeah. up? You know, because, it, again, it's a smoke-blowing exercise. I mean, prior to yesterday, ITV Racing didn't even acknowledge that the bin man existed. No. You know, and then now, all of a sudden, because he's champion jockey, he's the subject everybody wants to talk about. And uh, as as I say, you know, it's all right saying he should be having rides. Who do you take off and stick him on? You don't, because his stats say he's bang average anyway. He's bang average, and if and if anyone comes at me on Twitter and says, "How can you say this? The man's rode 200 winners," I'm just going to merely point out that check his record out in Class One and Two races. Uh, and and before you say he's not always an outsider, uh, he's winners above expectation. He's miles below what it should be. Um, it's 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 no, you you will not win. You you can't win an argument. Brand news is just is a decent average jockey that rides lots of winners because he's riding against. Uh, you know, Todd Hunter, uh, big, big Sandy up at Kelso. You know, there's lots of Scottish trainers that are just shit. And and, and that's it. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's, that's it. Try and ride as many winners down south. It's not going to happen. Um, it's just that's how it is. Cause there's, Nick... there's been a parallel a few years ago in women's tennis where there was a player, I think her name was Sapinova, who ended up on the rankings as the number one ranked women's player in the game. But, you know, she was, by all accounts, you know, a very average player, certainly a top 10 player, but certainly not the best in the world. But she got to the top of the rankings by playing lots and lots of ranking tournaments in the sort of the second tier. So she was very prolific, you know, won a lot of ordinary tournaments, got a lot of ranking points. And because they add them up the way they do it, she ended up world number one. But she wasn't the best woman player in the world by a long chalk. And, it, and Brian Hughes, as, as you say, just rides lots of winners in very uncompetitive races in the north. You know, that, and that, that's it. You know, that's it. Yeah. 
That 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 you've Chris, you spot on. That that is literally it. And people are at you and say, oh, how many winners have you ridden? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but it's the truth. He, he rides under it. You know, you're not gonna if you have a pound on every brand new ride, you're gonna do your bollocks. That's yeah. all I'll say. And before people say, well, he's over bet. No, that's not true because before he was champion jockey, you say he was over bet then. Well, he still lost then. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> So that's just how it is. Read the stats. Um, anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh, on to news. Uh, Varian, Roger Varian snaps up Stout's old yard beach hearse, John. Does does that send a shiver down your spine? I, I'm not in the least bit surprised, to be honest. Um, I did get told last week how true this is. I don't know. Roger Varian had approximately just less than 300 horses on his boat. Um, not all necessarily in the yard that he's training out of at the minute. <laughs> uh, oh. So <laughs> it doesn't surprise me he's bought another one. Right? What does Beecher sell? About 60 odd? Yeah, easy. Yeah. Maybe 80. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there'd be a, be a lot of room and there'd be a lot of scope and development, really, if you want it to go bigger, sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, br- and, bring, and bringing us on to that, um, on, on to poor old Stout, which, you know, I, 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 I hate things like this when you see a girt, a, a training girt um, that's, uh, you know, going, going through the motions at the moment. And Shadwell um, stuck the knife in. Um, I mean, uh, Stout obviously he, he probably has hasn't had as much Shadwell as say the kilt. The, the kilt's ruined so many Shadwell horses. That's, I, mean, I mean, I agree with the kilt. The kilt would be the first on the cold list. Um, it took a while for a wise up to the kilt, hadn't it? <laughs> but they finally realised they thought, "Hang on a minute, we've we've sent but, God knows how much." What, how much. That, what was that one about twenty years ago? Bandari or something? Yeah. What, what's, what's the recent one he, he ruined? Uh, the end, it really nice. He ended up running in group twos and group threes. And he, oh, fucking hell, yeah. I can't. I can't you remember. Mean that uh, Sky Sports race at York. Sky Bet. Sky Bet group two at York. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the one. And and he ruined that as well. Oh, um, no. He ruins everything. Um, and He'd ruin a fucking party, wouldn't he? If he <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's miserable enough. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, but I mean, Stout. This is the the one thing about Stout. I'll say this: the, the man, the man is a class act in terms of he's got back class. Um, he might not have got the staff he once had, but he still trained Mustachery to win the 2019 Lockinge uh, for Shadwell. So, you know, have they got wind of his staff arrangements, John? <laughs> I mean, it, it it's like a very heavy hint. From an owner telling him to retire, isn't it? Really, something like that. I mean, because uh, I mean, when when they're keeping Charlie Hills and Marcus Tregonin on the roster, <laughs> I think Owen Burroughs is still on the roster, isn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. I mean, they'll, they'll probably give Owen every chance, and I mean, I don't think he's covered his selling glory with the the Shadwell horses he's had, really. No, it's early days for Owen. Um, I, I haven't formed a concrete opinion of his training yet, unlike the Charlie Hills Marcus Tricconning situation. Um, but now I think it's uh, 
it's another nail in the coffin, isn't it, really, for Sir Mike? Yeah, it's it's just, it's sad. Um, we we spoke about this before on the show, and so I, I don't like to see greats. A bit like when you watch golf, Tiger Woods, etc. You you can't you still want Tiger Woods to win one more just to just just to say Jesus, how have you done that? You don't want to see him tra- trail around in seventeen over par like Arnold Palmer and Gary Player. You know, it's, yeah, got fighters come up for, come back out of retirement and. Yeah, and and ruin the legacy basically because yeah. you know most of them are skinned that do it. But yeah. Um, anyway, more news. In Spiral misses the one thousand Guinness um, after working poorly. So is now John John Lang bouncing for tenebrism, John? Well, I was I was pretty much bouncing for tenebrism anyway because I, I never really fancied In Spiral for the uh, for the Guinness. I I always thought she. Like a bit of pace come spring 2022, mm. you know. Um, she didn't do a lot wrong as a two-year-old, right? Everything she did always inferred more stamina than required for a Guinness to me. And, you know, I mean, I might be completely wrong about tenorism. She might not train on. She might run like a pig on Sunday next week. But I, I'm happy with where I'm at. But I was happy yesterday before, before Slim went and checked John, do you, do you do you think John John has been talking uh, to Slim in the last sort of six six or twelve months, te- teaching him how to, how to speak eloquently? To you know when he speaks, so when you're interviewed by Lydia, you've got to speak in such a tone. There's such... absolutely no. <laughs> you are less likely to get challenged from utterly stupid opinions. <laughs> Hoi polloi. I've not heard that for a while. Um, thanks, Helen Sheridan, for that. Hoi polloi. I like that one. Um, <laughs> meaning the common Love man. The front area. That's what it is. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Move on. We'll move on again. Um, great topics tonight. Uh, Sweden. Uh, the, 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 the Nordic uh, people are getting all confused. You know, the people that brought us the Vikings and pillaging and, you know, right. and Ragnar Lothbrok and, and, and chopping people's heads off uh, for fun. Um, I've, de- I've all decided to ban the Pro Kush and, um, you know, and said, no, that's enough. It's too barbaric. And um, there's been a bit of carnage in Klampenborg. If ever there was a Swedish uh, race course that you could Id- that you could put on the chase as a quiz question that anyone could get right, which country... Uh, is this Swede, is, is this race course Klampenborg? Um, Sweden would be a, a big odds on shot. Well, unless Tree Trunk was on the uh, yeah, yeah, on the, 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 the Tizard snout, yeah, 
the question would have to be which Swedish country is he'd still think it was a, a trick still question get, he'd still get nil wouldn't he he would he, he'd think it were a trick question he would he actually would but anyway Carlos Lopez um, the famous Swedish jockey um, was aboard Bolivar Roads um, and this is according to Chris Cook uh, a Racing Post article so thank you Chris Cook and he, he said that basically um, he got disqualified uh, for making for basically so the rules in Sweden are quite weird in that you're allowed to use the whip for corrective purposes but you but you can't use the reins to sort of slap them down the neck with the reins if you know what I mean so he got disqualified for basically repeatedly making you've got to ride the reins tight you can't you can't slap the horse down the neck with the reins. <laughs> can wow. you can can you actually see? This is the thing about prohibit. We've we talked about SCV and prohibition, and stopping betting and and causing restrictions on people's lives, livelihoods. Can you see the problems of too many rules, and and making things absolutely ridiculous? And and like like John said on many past shows, who are we trying to pacify? You know, we're not trying to pacify. Imagine the chap that, I mean, golf club moaning about the indefatigable ride, that he didn't get 47 cracks um, before the last. Uh, imagine golf club, um, you know, only getting a few slaps with the reins and then getting disqualified because you've had too many slaps with the reins, John. They have, they have this massive survey and study into so-called whip abuse in, in racing. And I, I always cast my mind back to when Royal Academy won the Breeders' Cup now. And if you remember, the um, the camera was on young Charles O'Brien and his mother in the stands. And they played a recording after the race where Charles O'Brien waving his right arm about, shouting, hit the fucker, hit the fucker. Yeah. Now, these people that have compiled this study are they assuming there's people in the stands screaming, don't hit him, don't hit him, when their horse comes to challenge? Because I don't think they are. No. no. I don't think people have had a bet care, to be honest. Well, usually when you've had a bet, it's, it, it literally is. I mean, put this way, you, you can even see this in recent history. If you look today, if you look on Twitter, type in Nicola Curry into your uh, Twitter feed and you'll see... Um, that Nicola Curry went from sort of like giving the horse encouragement, if you like, if that's the word we're allowed to use these days, we might not be allowed to use that word in a, in a, in a few years' time. But um, so she was went from encouragement to just hands and heels in the last sort of 50 yards and got caught and was absolutely lambasted on Twitter for, you know, for doing this. Um, th- this is where we're at. If, if you start pandering to these people, the, you're gonna have no faith in the betting product because people need you need people to have faith in the betting product the way that where the sport's funded unless you want Mark Johnston's way of funding the sport which is like John said the other week he's selling ice creams so um, you know so we have to have fifteen ice creams they've clearly not asked punters have they because most punters would be happy if there was a rule came in and said that the whip's going to be replaced by cutlass 
you know, most punters mm. and stops would, wouldn't have a problem with that, would they? You know, no. You, oh, absolutely not. I mean, you, you, you'd have to set foot in a betting shop, you know. I mean, yeah. if, if it's tape finish and the boys are on, they wouldn't yeah. care if you hit them with a fridge. Yeah, like, <laughs> it means you're going to win your 100 quid. They're about to beat you aren't they? Exactly. A big fridge freezer. I'm just... <laughs> a big well, American fridge freezer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've lost the plot. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I get John's point. It's true. Every time as driving finish... I mean, what? remember the famous one? The um, Was it uh, Giants Causeway and Kalanese? Oh, and, and it it was it was an absolute bloodbath. I mean, I mean, they they they, they literally just. It, I think in the eclipse, they they, they, had, they had literally there must have been seventeen lashes. It was you know, so funny, and and then Pat put his whip down fifty yards out because he thought he won. Yeah, I remember reading years ago, and I can't even remember the years. You remember the old um, race form notebook? We used to get the weekly pages to put in the form book. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right, so I remember reading um, a, a, a sort of um, a commentary on a race that was it was a, Lester Piggott rode a winner at, at Yarmouth, I think, for Michael Albina, right? <laughs> and it was back from like four teams to seven to four, and it got up by a head, right? And the race form commentary said, you know, for, for, we find it it was extraordinary that Piggott. Uh, put so much effort into to, to, to winning this race, riding a finish that eclipses the his effort on the minstrel in terms of vigor and use of the whip. Fourteen <laughs> to seven to four, and it's you know we wonder why he was so energized by some fucking seller at Yarmouth. And I always remember that it's like you know it's only by the minstrel finish. He got fourteen, hadn't he? Yeah, he got the fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it was it was a sort of windmill whip motion just to get this horse just over the line in a, in yeah. a, in a about four hundred quid, I think. Superb, uh, superb story, Chris. No, again, again, things like this, I, I think, it's really good to listen to because, you, like you say, you, you see, bringing back old memories for a lot of people. Listen to the show; it's really good. Just before I come to Jimmy, Jimmy Lindley to finish the show, just, just the SCV again, uh, which is annoying. Some, I just saw something recently uh, in the in the press this week about poker stars are allowing their poker customers. And poker stars won't be licensed by the UKGC. Access to the Betfair Exchange, but not horse racing, but sports book. Now, I, I, I sorry, the, the sports exchange. So I, I, I find that really interesting because does that open loopholes or potential loopholes? Do we think um, for say like this affordability checks where you you're only allowed five hundred quid deposit a month or whatever you're allowed. Um, before you have to produce ridiculous documentation. Let's say Betfair partner with um, uh, DraftKings in the US or so, some someone, and then you can log in under a VPN or, or get somebody with an account with DraftKings, and then you don't come under affordability because you're not under UK jurisdiction. Is that is that a goer, do we think? Could be. Yeah. Could be a dodge, couldn't it? Well, because obviously, if if you're doing, it depends. Who you, like, if it's a UK operator, if you if you're if you're literally just logging in through Betfair, and um, and I wonder if that's why they're all quiet on this. The big corps, right? The big corps seem very quiet on SCV. You know, they're not protesting, they're not screaming. Like I've said, why aren't they screaming? You know, this could this could hamper their 
their turnover is the next move when this comes in the big curveball to then do big partnerships with gambling operators abroad that are trustworthy, i.e. Pinnacle, i.e. there's lots of big American ones that you could literally then do do partnerships with where there's no effort. You just log in through their portal. You know, again, is it something that, that, that this is, that this is, yeah, I don't know. It's something that occurred to me. I'm thinking that this is this could be an angle for the for the for the betting industry, but who knows? Keep watching um this space on that one. Jimmy Lin Jimmy Linley chaps, have we anything this week? Yes. Oh ma- magnificent job. Come on. From yesterday, actually. Um this one's called Kirati Beach. Who ran yesterday at uh, Limerick. Oh, the Irish, dirty Irish. Finished sixth. It was suspiciously short in the betting, I thought. For starters. Um, Mr. Toomey turns this one. Um, nice bit of the pedigree to it. Um... Didn't really look suited to the trip. Outpaced early. I think the horse was trying. Um, kept on really nicely up the stretch. Definitely wants 10 furlongs. Now, as you know, I like to have a look at the pull-up on a lot of these maiden races in Ireland. And this one was in front, at about 100 yards on the pull-up. And then it put the jockey off. Which shows it, was, it still had a bit of running in it, you know? Yeah. Um, nice really in the making, I would suggest. Quite strong through the body. A good sort by Cody Bear. So we'll just throw some nice looking stock. Um, I'd probably be hanging fire and backing this over to 10. I would think. But could win a maiden over 10. I, I wouldn't roll that out. But I'd maybe think handicap project ten furlongs plus. I'm not so sure about handicap project, John, because the the second in the race, Sariha, was was bought from Shadwell uh, from Haggis, um, and I'd mark this down as a as an eye catcher on debut. I'm certain that that I'm certain that Sariha, for example, would be eighty plus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if 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 yours has done a lot wrong, which it appears it has. Um, you know, I, I think I think I think you'd probably win a. Yeah, win a I, I wouldn't roll it out because it's a good sort. Yeah, it's a nice sort. Well, I like it when you spot them physically, so so that that could be a good one from John there. So that's it. Ran the two fifteen at Limerick on the Saturday. It's called Karate Beach. So keep your eye on that, folks. Uh, mine is is I feel a bit embarrassed because because Jimmy Lindley was supposed to spot lovely hands and, and and horses you know sort of running a nice race and you know that that's been unspotted by the public, but I'm so drawn to this one, and mainly because he's got an entry, John, on Thursday at the local at Redcar. Mm-hmm. Yes, so so I, I want I want some of our listeners to to, to join in with this because I think it'll win. It pub crawl. We love we love the name pub crawl. Running the 4.30 Epsom on Tuesday. Um, I mean, if, if if I... I'm amazed at the owners, really, what idiots. Because, I mean, they've booked Dylan Hogan. He fucked the mark up at Leicester. Um, 
he, he ran an amazing race at Leicester, really, full, full of promise. Ended up with 77, and I thought, you idiot. You know, you could have ended up with 57 if you'd have been tailed off. But no, no, they ended up with 77. But nevertheless, um, this horse physically has a lot about it. And it ran at Epsom uh, on the Tuesday, and uh, it was second to New Pursuit. It shaped like much the best in the race for me. It was it was struggling a little bit on the camber. It was pulled out late. As soon as he pulled it out, which he lost a length in doing so, it absolutely flew up, nearly doing two to the one of the winner. Um, I'm certain coming up north to the local and taking on, you know, the fat northern trainers, John. Um, I, th- I, th- I think we've got a bet on Thursday pub crawl. I think it's a banker. I think we could a mile and two red car, lovely bowling green straight, plenty of straight to run at. Um, I'm all over pub crawl for a winner for our listeners this week as a banker. It's Michael Bale. That's the only downside. It is. It is. It's ding dong. But yeah. I mean, but I mean, l- l- let's be right. I mean, forget the trainer. It, the horse physically look, looks. Yeah. I mean, it's by noble mission out of an oasis dream mare. Um, it costs ninety thousand guineas as a yearling, so you could probably see the quality in the horse. And I've I've seen this physically. It's, it's a good specimen. They've just they, what they've done. They've just fucked the mark up. They could they could have had sixty odd, and we could have all been laughing for three or four races, but we're not going to be laughing, but we might be laughing on Thursday in a three-year-old handicap at red car, which to be honest, I've looked at the entries and it doesn't look amazing. So I'm, I'm very confident pub crawl will win for us on Thursday and get listeners flying for the weekend pod uh, next weekend, which we're back because obviously on Friday, it's the guineas pod. Uh, you know, this, this is serious. This is the first classics of the flat season. Me, John, Nick Davis, uh, Richmond, uh, Norman, we're all on, and uh, we hope to give you some winners um, for this weekend ahead. So I hope you enjoyed the show. That's all from me, John, and Chris, and we'll be back again next Sunday. Bye for now.